views expressed on this program are not necessarily those of WTJX, board, staff, or underwriters. Good day. You are listening to Ability Radio. I am one of your hosts, Amelia Headley Lamont of the Disability Rights Center of the Virgin Islands. And today we are joined by representatives from an organization in the state of Washington, not Washington, D.C., Washington State. The organization is called The Foundation. And we are joined by two individuals, Lester Griffin, who is the CEO of this organization, and Marcus Altheimer, who is the operations director. So after all those <laughs> wonderful titles, good day to you both gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. Good morning. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Well, you know, I met you just well, a few weeks ago and was intrigued by the work of the foundation. So Let's jump in. Um, let's start with um, Mr. Griffith. Tell us who you are, what made you get this organization off the ground? So the foundation is an organization for to reach to help restore and prepare the youth for real life situations. We have been putting together something that we believe this that Southwest Washington has been missing for years now since we were youth after my years of incarceration after being sentenced to 24 years doing nine years of it and coming home in 2017 i started a construction company griffin's construction cleanup where i became uh got my uh, general's contractor's license in the state of washington in the state of oregon as guys would come home you know, I would help them out here and there when I could, give them jobs or, you know, take them shopping, things like that, uh, give, them, give them a few dollars, something to help them get started. Um, and so as the years went by, um, it just became more of a of a norm. So a lot of guys who was coming home, I would know and people, you know, so uh, by the time 2020, fast forward to 2023, now it's uh, became a thing where, you know, uh, this happened so often that we decided that it was time to bring the community in with us on this and seeing what kind of resources can we put together on top of our um, moral support, you know, who can we uh, reach out to? So places like the library and um, recreation centers, uh, Vancouver housing, places like that, that could kind of help us put together something, uh, a structure, something that would give people a good lead on um, our good head start coming home from doing how many ever years they have done, men and women, um, and to help them uh, understand that the community will now welcome them with open arms. Now that we're living in the day and age where uh, being yourself is so accepted nowadays, no matter who you are, how you how you perceive yourself to be, it's being accepted. So now we want guys and girls like ourselves who have done time to come home and understand that they're welcomed. That's, yeah, that's very important. Marcus, Alt, how do I pronounce your last name correctly? Altheimer? Oh, you said it right. Altheimer. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Okay. You also, um, what what experience do you bring to bear to the foundation? That's the name of the organization, correct? Yeah. Yes, ma'am. So um, the foundation for me was a, necess a necessity. Um, when I, I got locked up in 2005 and sentenced to 26 years, my son was 10 days old at the time. And the only thing on my mind was how do I prevent him from making the same mistakes that I've made, that my parents made, that my grandfather made. Generational incarceration 
had adversely affected my family and a lot of individuals' families in my community. So I wanted to break that cycle with my son. And then once I started doing that throughout my sentence, I realized that I could bring this and do this at a larger scale. So how do I do that? So I started being in a situation where I had limited resources. Um, I went with the only direction that I felt I could, which was one, grassroots organizing from the inside, and two, writing and authoring a book using my experience as an example to try to reach the youth. Um, now, fast forward to 2023, I was released after serving 17 and a half years of that 26 year sentence. Um, Lester had been in contact with me throughout um, my sentence from when the point he got out and I released to Clark County and seeing the need, we both came together and said, let's fill this void. Um, the foundation, like I said, is a necessity. Um, we believe we named it the foundation because we believe that's what um, these youth need and the brothers and sisters coming home need is a stable foundation, one for the youth to rise into their greatness and a stable foundation that these brothers and sisters can land on and lean on in times of support when they come home and allow that community to wrap around each of them. So we're really trying to attack the criminal justice system from both ends, preventing the youth from going in there and preventing these brothers and sisters from returning there. Okay, so let's 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 dig in a little deeper because I, I like the concept. What are the things that the foundation is doing for ideally preventing somebody from getting into, you know, the system, so to speak, the system that's very happy to take you for free, free labor. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, and let's, let's start at the beginning. Tell us the types of projects that you are working on to, for prevention. So, so we have a, a few different programs under the youth outreach, one of them being the Insight to Foresight which is based off of the book that Marcus had uh, wrote while he was incarcerated. Another one is called um, Youth Navigation Support, where we go into the courtrooms, uh, listen to the court cases for the juveniles, that is, um, kind of hearing uh, the charges, who's being released, who's on probation, who's, who's going in. Um, so that way we can kind of have an update on that. And also under the youth navigation support is a, is a something we call detention um, welfare checks. So welfare visits, sorry. So we can go in there. We have gotten accepted into going into the visiting rooms with the juveniles and be able to have time to talk for an hour, half hour, whatever it may be. Just getting the juveniles, uh, getting the youth familiar with us before they come home. Then we have a program, um, Life is Basketball, where we teach basketball fundamentals. Um, and also, uh, we're looking into building the pre-apprenticeships that uh, can give them uh, general contracting skills, which is uh, what I am by trade. Um, so that's the that's under the youth outreach, and under the um, reintegrating, we are uh, give we have a packet which was made by one of our uh, board members called Stars. It's a program. It's a program that. Uh, kind of helps with the reintegration. He digs deep and and asks a lot of different hard questions, kind of waking you up to what you're going to be preparing for. On top of of us kind of vetting these guys and girls three to six months before they come home, and kind of putting together a community packet that uh, of what they would need, what they told us they needed to help jumpstart. And then throughout the whole foundation, our main thing is accountability. 
So it's not just um, it's not just like helping. It's more about understanding that you are getting this help and now the rest is on you to help proceed with this. Okay. So, yeah, this was very good in the concrete in the sense that, okay, I, I did not know that you would go to court and observe. That's a very powerful piece as well. So it's not just somebody's word. This is this is what we observed and, and, and these yes. are the... Okay. Oh yeah, we've we've spoken to the judges on kids' behalfs and everything. So yeah, it's it's a real deal. Okay. And the reintegration part. Can you give us some examples of what is in uh, a, a reintegration packet, so to speak? What are some issues that have been brought up? So one of the things I noticed specifically is housing. So that's one of the big ones where we're really trying to touch with Vancouver housing. One of because uh, what I've noticed over the last six, seven years is that guys who come home and have any kind of support, whether it's with a, a parent, a grandparent, a sibling, they have a better chance of kind of proceeding by having that help, you know, whereas when the ones that are in the transitional housing, they have a harder time transitioning. And it's a little bit of lack of support, like personal support. And then it's also... Um, the living conditions that they may be put under with some of those transitional houses where, you know, um, they have a two bedroom, but you have four adult males living in a two bedroom and using a curtain to split a 10 by 10 bedroom. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, like, and like literally they have to walk over the other one's bed to get out the room, you know, um, and I've witnessed these things. So I think that's a that's a huge part of the reintegration is um, like uh, that's where how Vancouver housing is huge with this situation here because housing is going to be the first steps. Um, after that is kind of the essentials, uh, kind of connecting them with some of the resources of whether it may be um, um, you know uh, the the medical, dental through DSHS. Um, and a lot of different other partners that we reached out to specifically. Right. Clothing vouchers, uh, food. Um, we also know that reintegration is, uh, it encompasses community. It needs community support. It needs community uh, acceptance. Um, Reentry re is the department in the systems uh, standard where they just check some boxes, give you $40 gate money and send you on their way. Reintegration is, uh, it's, it's, it's full. It's, it's, we, we, we want the individual to feel welcome back to their community. And we understood that that was a need down here in Southwest Washington that was quite frankly, not being filled. Right. Um, a lot of times we look at the individuals on the inside, but we don't recognize that those individuals came from society. So, and they will be returning to society. So it is the community that needs to wrap around these individuals, welcome them home and give them the support that they need. And I, that's why we are the foundation and allow us to be that support. You know what, also this, uh, this reminds me of another point, Marcus, that we talked about. And there was a mention of a digital liter literacy, right? Digital literacy. I think that's a very great term. You know, if you've been <laughs> incarcerated for so long and you know, you come out and there's, you know, this the newest whatever. We talk about Google links and it's like, yes. whoa, I have to <laughs> I have to learn <laughs> how to communicate in some respects, you know, with right. you know, younger people. Even older people, such as myself, who, you know, is still trying to grapple with some of this stuff. 
So um, that's another learning curve for sure, I would imagine, because I don't know if you have access to these kinds of things when you're incarcerated, right? Oh, absolutely not. No, no, we we, we do have tablets. Um, they, they are trying to catch up on the inside. Um, the tablets have limited capacity. Um, pictures, uh, video visits, 30 minute video visits with family and friends. Texting, texting. Yeah, texting. yeah okay. texting. Um, they did they did just uh, add some like programs like podcasts and music, stuff like that to the to the um, but you're right. Um, we, we come home and we are uh, drastically behind in uh, technology and it's constantly evolving. So we right. get we, we get a little bit down and it's changed already on us. So exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I've been home seven years and I still haven't really, especially with the work that I do as far as construction. I still haven't had a ch good t enough time to like sit down and grasp this technology thing like I like I like people would think after being home for so long, you know, even even Marcus, some of the things he's picked up on, he'll tell me like, man, you don't know that yet. <laughs> I haven't had time, man. And like he said, it's always evolving. So like by the time I try to catch on, I'm like, ah, forget it. <laughs> So Marcus, you're an author. Tell us what you've written. Um, yes, ma'am. I I my first book was actually in second grade. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I've always been told, like, you should write a book, you should write a book. Uh, being in in the lifestyle that I was at such a young age, that was never even a, a thought in my mind. Um, so when I when I was incarcerated, uh, and like I said, that's what this is something that I knew I could actually reach more people on. Um, the first book I actually wrote while I was incarcerated was called Dear Game, We Need to Talk. It's a collection of letters from men and women who are incarcerated written to basically the streets. So instead of a Dear John or a Dear Jane, you know, goodbye letter, it's a Dear Game, you know, just speaking to the game and how it has affected our lives you know just using our experiences with the streets to try to be an example for the children and the youth who are dealing with the same or similar situations and try to show them that it's all not all the you know glory and glamour that you think it is um then I, my second book was called running with scissors playing with fire and uh, i entitled that because those are two lessons we are taught as children not to do However, uh, metaphorically speaking, I had been doing that the majority of my life. So it's a series of short stories, uh, creative nonfiction. I used real life situations of my life and turned them into creative nonfiction. And just as again, as a way to use my experience as examples. Um, I do have a third book ready to come out called Perennial. So keep a lookout for that soon. Shameless, right, so shameless. Shameless plug. <laughs> Yeah. So listen, if somebody wanted to get a copies of these books, what do they need to do? Um, you can find any one of them on Amazon at the titles that I mentioned. Um, and my name, Marcus Alzheimer, A-L-T-H-E-I-M-E-R. So let's talk about structure. You are leaders in the organization called The Foundation. Um, Lester, how how is that set up? The structure of the foundation? Yes. Partly yeah, so it's a... Yeah, it's a it's a it's a um, nonprofit organization. It's a five hundred one c three. We have the the five hundred one c three is has has been established since like August of last year. Um, the foundation 
we've only been around what three months mm-hmm. four months i don't know time flies so we right. started we, we we we've had this original conversation in april of 2023 and up until now the traction and the, and the way things have snowballed is uh the proof that this was needed out here because everything everybody that we've talked to every organization that we've bumped into um or had meetings with has welcomed us with open arms and like you know when like they say when it's when it's your calling and when this is something you're supposed to do like the universe kind of gets out of the way and you know opens up all the doors you need so okay so you have and I'm, I'm you know looking at it from an organizational standpoint you do have a board of directors yes correct? Okay. yes and you have a staff yes which is referred yes, to as your power team yes <laughs> which I we think have that's a, a great go ahead <laughs> well we have this power team we call it that because everybody was specifically handpicked for the positions that they are going to be doing and so they come from so like, say, for instance, uh, Jeff Busby and him being the I call him the youth whisperer. Uh, he's very well known in the community as uh, since a youth. And since he was young, he had always been in and out of trouble. But now after doing this time that he's done, which was which would be 18 years when he's off his ankle monitor, um, he will be very essential for the youth that's out there that that think something is waiting for them, like a pot of gold is waiting for them by running the streets. You know what I mean? Right. Um, even down to the women, um, uh, they they have either been, uh, they are children of incarcerated parents. They have had boyfriends or, you know, uh, children's fathers who are incarcerated or have been incarcerated. <laughs> and then they know us, you know? So, um, my wife is on the team as well on the administrative side. And so, you know, there's things like that. Our, our children are on the boards. Um, uh, 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 what is her, uh, Jackie McMurcher, which is a, uh, she was the founder of the innocence project, which is who got me out at the time. She's retired now, but she was, she's on the board. Um, a guy, Johnny Tucker, who was once, uh, ran a recreation center that Marcus and I uh, frequently was involved with. Um, he's on the board as just, you know, great mentorship. So it's a lot of deep connections from the community inside of this. So when we say power team and we talk in the board and stuff, like like I said, that uh, the guy, Anthony Powers, who wrote the STARS um, program, you know, on the board from here, done time, been home and putting his life together, like, it's just a, I mean, it's just a power team. It's unbelievable. <laughs> oh, we 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 would be remiss not to mention uh, Dr. Gilda Shepard too, who has been on the inside teaching teaching classes, teaching sociology on the inside, and uh, started started filming and created her uh, prolific documentary since I've been down, based on the the atrocities that the criminal system has. Uh, um, 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 done within our communities and two young black men coming in and out of the prison system. Okay. Um, Marcus, I, I do recall reading in your bio that uh, you were initially incarcerated when you were 17 years old. Yes, ma'am. 
and, and, and before that. Okay, but and somehow you entered, even as a 17-year-old, correct me if I'm wrong, you were put into the adult justice system as a 17-year-old? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma so at the age of 17, um, quite frankly, the juvenile justice system was tired of me. They said enough is enough. They declined on me, which was they had a hearing and, and, and um, established me as an adult and sent me to the adult system. Um, from there, I got a two and a half year sentence. Um, I went to prison, got out at the age of 20. And then um, anybody knows uh, the stats at that time and anybody under the age of 25, I believe, if you have went to prison with a nonviolent sentence, the recidivism rate and and under and did under three years, the recidivism rate for that was a 75% chance of reoffending. So um, within eight months of me being released at the age of 20, when I turned 21, I was back in prison facing, uh, well, sentenced to a 26 year sentence. Oh, okay, wow. All right, well, let's talk about um, a little bit more about this book, Dear Game, We Need to Talk. You yes, were saying it's based upon individual essays from various peoples within the uh, criminal justice system? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So, yeah, so the concept came, I was actually, when I was on the inside, I was watching a show called uh, Intervention. And this was about um, men and women, uh, their families would come in and try to intervene with their drug addictions. So I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and I said, you know, at the core, I said, look at everybody in here. At the core, all of us pretty much have got out and returned to prison at one point or another. I said, so everybody in here, including myself, is suffering from an addiction at, at, at some level, right? I said, my addiction just happened to be the streets. So every, anytime I would get out, I had this vicious cycle of, okay, I got to get back on my feet. And in order to get back on my feet, I would return to what I knew best, which was the streets. So that's selling drugs, committing crimes, whatever it was in order to get my money right. However, once I started doing that, it became a cycle of, I don't, I didn't know how to stop because the money was so good, right? And then you get arrested and everything that you had earned gets lost because you, you're, you're fighting your case or whatever the case may be, but that money's gone and you have no backup plan, and then you get out and you find yourself in that cycle again. So I, I understood that the streets can be an addiction. Um, mm -hmm. So I wanted to show that, like I said, the, the illusions of, of the game, of, of the streets, right? A lot of times we're, we're disillusioned into the fact that this is gonna be glitz and glamor and we're gonna have the big rims and the diamonds and the, the gold chains and the women and the, and however, we're not, we're not educated on the fact that the atrocities that come along with that and the damage that we're leaving behind. Right, right, right. Um, how is it with the, your son now? Oh, excellent. Uh, he's, he's 17, he'll be 18 in uh, September, so next month. Um, I have, I was very, very hands-on with him while I was on the inside and and I didn't know to what extent um, I had an effect on his life until I actually came home and I walked into his room and there was pictures of me all over the wall and then 
I asked him to use his phone one day and on the back of his phone was another picture of me. So I, I realized that I had, I had, even though I was, you know, the barriers and the distance placed between us, I was, you know, near and dear to his heart. So that felt good. Um, he's a good kid. He hasn't been in any trouble. He's on track to graduate. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, it's 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 a kind of a struggle. We are we are relearning each other, being you know around him more than I had been. I understand that there is a lot of trauma that still needs healing, and uh, those are conversations that we are slowly having. Okay, and Lester, I should ask you the same question: How is it with your with your children? Oh man, it's a headache. <laughs> no uh it's 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 get, it's gotten way better uh so same as marcus you know my kids they you know i got married to their mother while we were inside and so they would come up there on visits stay the night um and things like that on our uh, conjugal trailer visits um they would come up regularly for like the christmas events and certain family events and and then a few visits along the way throughout the years and along with having conversations uh over the phone so um it plus like my son was six when i left so he knew he knew who i was um when i came home he was uh 15 freshman mm -hmm. year you know and uh so that was a struggle for him to have you know me right over him basically every day until he left for college you know because they they end up hiring me as a basketball coach up there and the school embraced me so I was pretty much like royalty up there could come and go as I pleased and so he would he would have to deal with that but I also understood his thinking because he was so similar to me uh, in a lot of ways except for his athletic ability was extremely high and so he had the talent to do I mean, basketball and football was his sports. Track was one of them. But like those two sports, he excelled tremendously once he had that one-on-one -on -one and that personal um, training and, and, and just being built for the mindset that he, that he was born with, you know? Um, and so, yeah. And then same thing with my daughter, you know, so now he's, he's in college. Uh, he graduates after this year, senior year in college playing football at UNLV. Um, and my daughter, same thing, you know, a three sport athlete, black student union president. Uh, she works at, um, I won't say where she works, but she has a job and you know what I mean? Like, so it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. That's fantastic. If anyone wants to get in touch with your work, with the work of your organization, how would they go about doing that? Phone numbers, email addresses. <laughs> They could they could go to the foundation, wa dot org, um, to reach out uh, and, and get on the website from there. Sounds good. Sounds good. And we look the forward foundation, to hearing from them. Wa dot org. Say what, Marcus? I said, and we look forward to hearing from them. Thank you so much. Listen, folks, it was wonderful to hear your story. I'd like to thank everyone in the community who's listened and hopefully we've learned something. I'm sure we've learned a lot. Thanks so much for joining us. Take care and have a great day. Bye-bye. The views expressed on this program are not necessarily those of WTJX, its board, staff, or underwriters.